Chapter Thirty of the Legends and Myths of Hawaii. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The Legends and Myths of Hawaii by King David Kalakaua lohiu the lover of a goddess the legend of hiaka the immortal and the prince of Kauai. one of all the legends of the adventures with mortals of pele the dreadful goddess of the volcanoes the most weird and dramatic is the one relating to her love for lohiu a prince of the island of Kauai whose reign was probably contemporaneous with that of Kaloa of Hawaii during the early part of the 16th century. The story is not only a characteristic relic of the recklessly imaginative and highly colored meles of the early poets, but an instructive reflex as well of the superstitious controlling the popular mind of the hawaiian group at that period when the forest abounded in mischievous gnomes and fairies when the streams were guarded by nymphs and monsters and when the very air was peopled with the spirits of the departed but a thin veil then divided the living from the dead the natural from the supernatural and mortals were made the sport of the elements and the playthings of the gods as the melee relates pele and her brothers and sisters to amuse themselves with a taste of mortal enjoyments one day emerged from their fiery chambers in the crater of kilauea and went down to the coast of puna to bathe surf ride sport in the sands and gather edible seaweed wood limpets and other delicacies washed by the waves they assumed human forms for the occasion and therefore had human appetites while the others were amusing themselves in various ways eating laughing and sporting in the waves in the manner of mortals pele in the guise of an old woman sought repose and sleep in the shade of a hala tree her favorite sister was hiaka her full name being hiaka ika pale opili she was younger than pele and frequently occupied the same grotto with her under the burning lake of kilauea hiaka accompanied her sovereign sister to the shade of the hala tree and sitting devotedly beside her kept her cool with a kahili her eyelids growing heavy pele instructed hiaka to allow her under no circumstances to be disturbed no matter how long she might sleep whether for hours or days and then closed her eyes in slumber scarcely had the ears of the sleeper been closed by the fingers of silence before she heard the sound of a drum distant but distinct and regular in its beat 
as if to the impulse of music before leaving the crater she had heard the same sound but paid little attention to it now however when hearing it in her dreams her curiosity was aroused and assuming her spiritual form she resolved to follow it leaving her slumbering earthly body under the eye and care of her sister paley mounted the air and proceeded in the direction whence the sound seemed to come from place to place she followed it over the island of hawaii but it was always before her and she could not overtake it at upolu it came to her from over the sea and she followed it to the island of maui it was still beyond and she sped to molokai still beyond and she flew to oahu still beyond and she crossed the channel and listened on the shores of Kauai, where it was more distinct than she had heard it before now encouraged she continued the pursuit until she stood upon the mountain peak of hapu when she discovered at last that the sound came from the beach at keina proceeding thither and hovering over the place unseen she observed that the sound she had so long been following was that of a palu hula or hula drum beaten by lohayu the young and comely prince of Kauai, who was noted not only for the splendor of his hula entertainments participated in by the most beautiful women of the island but for his personal graces as a dancer and musician the favorite deity of lohayu was lakankane the god of the hula and similar sports who in a spirit of mischief had conveyed the sound of the drum to the ears of pele the beach was thronged with dancers musicians and spectators all enjoying themselves under the shade of the hula and coconut trees with the prince as master of ceremonies and the center of attraction assuming the form of a beautiful woman pele suddenly appeared before the festive throng attaching to her person every imaginable charm of form and feature her presence was immediately noted and a way being opened for her to the prince he received her most graciously invited her to a seat near him where she could best witness the entertainment glancing at the beautiful stranger from time to time in the midst of his performances lohayu at length became so fascinated that he failed to follow the music when he yielded the instrument to another and seated himself beside the enchantress in answer to his inquiry she informed the prince that she was a stranger in Kauai, and had come from the direction of the rising sun gazing into her face with a devouring passion lohayu smilingly said you are most welcome but i cannot rejoice that you came and why since i do not come as your enemy inquired pele archly because until now returned the prince my thought had been that there were beautiful women in Kauai, 
but in looking at yours i find their faces are plain indeed i see you know how to speak flattering words to women said paley casting a languishing look upon the prince not better than i know how to love them replied lohiu with ardor will you be convinced lohiu is in his own kingdom and has but to command answered paley with a play of modesty which completed the enthrallment of the prince thus paley became the wife of lohiu he knew nothing of her or her family and cared not to inquire he saw only that she was beautiful above all women and for a few days they lived so happily together that life seemed to be a dream to him and paley loved the prince scarcely less than he loved her but the time had come for her to return to hawaii and pledging him to remain true to her she left him with protestations of affection and the promise of a speedy return and on the wings of the wind was wafted back to the shores of puna where she had left her sister waiting and watching in the shade of the hala lohiu was inconsolable every day he thought she would be with him the next until more than a month passed when he refused food and died of grief at her absence the strange death of the prince occasioned much comment for he was naturally strong and without disease some said he had been prayed to death by his enemies and others that he had been poisoned but an old kalua who had seen pele at kaina and noted her actions advised against further inquiry concerning the cause of lohoyu's death offering as a reason the opinion that the strangely beautiful and unknown woman he had taken as a wife was an immortal who had become attached to her earthly husband and called his spirit to her the prince was greatly beloved by his people and his body carefully wrapped in many folds of kappa was kept in state for some time in the royal mansion it was guarded by the high chiefs of the kingdom and every night funeral hymns were chanted around it and meles recited of the deeds of the dead sovereign and his ancestors thus lying in state we will leave the remains of lohiu and follow pele back to hawaii two during all the time the spirit of pele was absent the family kept watch over the body left by her under the hala tree not daring to disturb it and were overjoyed when it was at last reanimated for the fires of the crater of kilauea had nearly died out from neglect pele rose to her feet in the form of the old woman she had left asleep under the care of hiaka and without at the time mentioning her adventures in Kauai or the cause of her protracted slumber returned with all but one of the family to kilauea and with a breath renewed the dying fires of the crater hiaka asked and received the permission of pele 
to remain for a few days at the beach with her much-loved friend Ho'opo, a young woman of Puna, who had been left an orphan by an eruption from Kilauea, in which both of her parents had perished. On leaving Kauai, it is probable that Pele, notwithstanding her fervent words to the contrary, never expected or particularly desired to see Lohio again, but he had so endeared himself to her during their brief union that she did not find it easy to forget him, and, after struggling with the feeling for some time, she resolved to send for him. But to whom should she entrust the important mission? One after another she applied to her sisters at the crater, but the way was beset with evil spirits, and they refused to go. In this dilemma Pele sent her favorite brother, Lono Kikanoli, to bring Hiyaka from the beach, well knowing that she would not refuse to undertake the journey, however hazardous. Hiyaka accepted the mission, with the understanding that her absence, her friend Hopiu, should be kept under the eye and guardianship of Pele. Arrangements were made for the immediate departure of Hiyaka. Pele conferred upon her some of her own powers, with an injunction to use them discreetly, and for a companion and servant gave her Pao Pale a woman of approved sagacity and prudence with a farewell from her relatives and many an admonition from pele hiyaka took her departure for Kauai, accompanied by pao pale they travelled as mortals and were therefore subject to the fatigues and perils of humanity proceeding through the forest toward the coast of hilo they encountered an old woman, who accosted them politely and expressed a desire to follow them. Her name was Omeo, and she was leading a hog to the volcano as a sacrifice to Pele. No objection being made, she hurried to the crater with her offering, and returned and followed Hiyaka and her companion. Not long after, their journey was impeded by a demon of hideous proportions, who threw himself across their path in a narrow defile and attempted to destroy them. Pele knew their danger, however, and ordered her brothers to protect them with a rain of fire and thunder, which drove the monster to his den in the hills and enabled them to escape. After a little time, they were joined by another woman, whose name was Papu. She desired to accompany them, and proceeded a short distance on the way, when they were confronted by a ferocious-looking man, who was either insane or under the influence of evil spirits. He lacked either the power or the disposition to molest the party. However, and they passed on unharmed. But Papu screamed with fright and hastily returned to her home, where she was turned into a stone as punishment for her cowardice. Coming to a small stream crossed by their path, 
they found the waters dammed by a huge moo or lizard lying in the bed he was more than a hundred paces in length and his eyes were of the size of great calabashes he glared at the party viciously and opened his mouth as if to devour them but hayaka tossed into it a stone which became red-hot when it touched his throat and with a roar of pain which made the leaves of the trees tremble he disappeared down the stream after many other adventures with monsters and evil spirits which hayaka was able to control and sometimes punish the party reached the coast at a place called honipu where they found a number of men and women engaged in the sport of surf riding as they were about to start for another trial in a spirit of mischief hayaka turned their surfboards into stone and they fled in terror from the beach fearing that some sea-god was preparing to devour them observing a fisherman drawing in his line hayaka caused to be fastened to the submerged hook a human head raising it to the surface the man stared at it for a moment with horror then dropped the line and paddled swiftly away to the great amusement of hayaka and her companions embarking in a canoe with two men as assistants the travellers sailed for the island of maui which they reached without delay or incident landing at kaupo they travelled overland toward honolua near which place in approaching the palace of the king whose name was olipau and who was lying within at that point of death hayaka observed a human spirit hovering around the outer enclosure knowing that it was the half-freed soul or spirit of the moi she seized and tied it up in a corner of her pow passing on with the soul of the king in her keeping she met the queen waihimano and told her that her husband had just died but the queen denied that olepau was dead for she was a worshipper of two powerful lizard divinities and the gods had assured her that morning that her husband would recover saying no more hiaka and her companions went on their way and the queen returning to the palace found her husband insensible and apparently dead trying in vain to restore him she hastily consulted a kaula telling him what the strange woman had said to her the seer by the description recognized at once the sister of pele who had come to heal the king but had been deterred in her errand of mercy by the queen's obstinate assurances of his recovery he therefore advised that she be followed by a messenger with a spotless pig to be placed as an offering in the path before her when she perchance might return and restore the king to life but hiaka dropped behind her companions and assumed the form of an old woman and as the messenger did not recognize her he returned with the report that the object of his search could not be found
did you meet no one inquired the seer no one answering the description replied the messenger i saw only an old woman so infirm as to be scarcely able to walk fool exclaimed the kalua that old woman was hiaka in disguise hasten back to her if you would save the life of your king the messenger again started in pursuit of hiaka but the pig was obstinate and troublesome and his progress was slow seizing the struggling animal in his arms the messenger ran until he came within sight of the woman who were again traveling together when hiaka struck the fold of her pow against a rock and that instant the king expired reaching the coast and embarking with a fisherman hiaka and her companions sailed for oahu landing at makapu they journeyed overland to kau now honolulu and from hyena made sail for Kauai. arriving at kiena hiaka saw the spirit hand of lohaiu beckoning to her from the mouth of a cave among the cliffs turning to her companion she said we have failed the lover of pele is dead i see his spirit beckoning from the pali there it is being held and hidden by the lizard woman kill eoa and kalamanu instructing her companions to proceed to poa where the body of lohaiu was lying in state hiaka started at once for the pali for the purpose of giving battle to the female demons and rescuing the spirit of the dead prince ascending the cliff and entering the cave hiaka waved her pow and with angry hisses the demons disappeared search was made and the spirit of lohaiu was found at last in a niche in the rocks where it had been placed by a moonbeam taking it tenderly in her hand she enclosed it in a fold of her pow and in an invisible form floated down with it to Puao. waiting until after nightfall hiaka entered the chamber of death unseen and restored the spirit to the body of loheo recovering his life and consciousness the prince looked around with amazement the guards were frightened when he raised his head and would have fled in alarm had they not been prevented by hiaka who at that instant appeared before them in mortal form holding up her hand as if to command obedience she said fear nothing say nothing of this to any one living and do nothing except as you may be ordered the prince has returned to life and may recover if properly cared for his body is weak and wasted let him be secretly and at once removed to the seashore the night is dark and it may be done without observation no doubting that these instructions were from the gods the guards obeyed them with so much prudence and alacrity that lohio was soon comfortably resting in a hut by the seashore with hinka and her companions ministering to his wants 
the return of the prince to health and strength was rapid and in a few days he reappeared among his friends to their amazement and great joy in answer to their inquiries he informed them that he owed to the gods his restoration to life this did not entirely satisfy them but no further explanation was offered after celebrating his recovery with feasts and sacrifices to the gods lohio announced to the chiefs of his kingdom that he was about to visit his wife whose home was on hawaii and that he should leave the government of the island in the hands of his friend the high chief paua to whom he enjoyed the felty and respect of all during his absence in a magnificent double canoe bearing the royal standard and equipped as become the kalua of an alima lohio set sail for hawaii accompanied by hiaka and her companions and taking with him his high priest chief navigator and the customary staff of personal attendants touching oahu hiaka ascended the kala mountains and saw that her beautiful lihua and hala groves near the beach of puna on the distant island of hawaii had been destroyed by a lava flow impatient at the long absence of hiaka and jealous as well pele had in a fit of rage destroyed the beautiful seashore retreats of her faithful sister she scarcely doubted that hiaka had dared to love lohio and in her chambers of fire chafed for her return after bewailing her loss hiaka rejoined her companions and lohio embarked for hawaii landing at kohala the prince ordered his attendants to remain there until his return and started overland for kilauea with hiaka and her two female companions before reaching the volcano hiaka learned something of the jealous rage of pele and finally saw from a distant eminence her dear friend hopua undergoing the cruel tortures of volcanic fire near the beach of puna which ended in her being turned into stone approaching the crater with apprehensions of further displays of pele's fury hiaka sent omeo and pau pale in advance to announce to the goddess her return with lohio in her wrath she ordered both of the women to be slain at once and resolved to treat her lover in the same manner aware of this heartless resolution and unable to avert the execution of it on their arrival at the verge of the crater hiaka threw her arms around the neck of the prince whom she had learned to love without wrong to her sister and telling him of his impending fate bade him a tender farewell this scene was witnessed by pele enraged beyond measure she caused a gulf of molten lava to be opened between hiaka and the prince and then ordered the instant destruction of lohio by fire 
while the sisters of Paley were ascending the walls of the crater to execute her orders, Loheo chanted a song to the goddess, avowing his innocence and pleading for mercy. But her rage was rekindled at the sound of his voice, and she turned a deaf ear to his entreaties. Approaching Loheo and pitying him, the sisters merely touched the palms of his hands, which turned them into lava, and then retired. Observing this, Paley ordered them to return at once, under the penalty of her displeasure, and consume the body of her lover. Lohio again appealed to Pele, so piteously that the trees around him wept with grief, but her only answer was an impatient signal to her sisters to resume their work of destruction. In his despair he turned to Hiaka and implored her intercession, but she answered in agony that she could do nothing. The sisters returned to Loheo and reluctantly touched his feet, which became stone, then his knees, then his thighs, then his breast. By the power conferred upon her by Pele, and which she had not yet deprived, Hiaka rendered the body of the prince insensible to pain, and it was therefore without suffering that he felt his joints hardening into stone under the touch of his sympathizing executioners. As the remainder of his body was about to be turned into lava, Hiaka said to the prince, Listen, when you die, go to the leeward, and I will find you. The next moment Loheo was a lifeless pillar of stone. Observing that the cruel work of her sister had been accomplished, and that all that remained of the shapely form of Lohayu was a black mass of lava, Hiaka caused the earth to be opened at her feet, and started downward at once for the misty realm of Milu to overtake the soul of Lohayu, and, with the consent of the god of death, restore it to his body. Passing downward through the, each of the five spheres, dividing the surface of the earth from the regions of Po, where Milu sits in state in the gloomy grooves of death, Hiaka finally stood in the presence of the august sovereign of the world of spirits. The king of death welcomed her to his dominions, and in response to her inquiry, informed her that the soul of Lohayu had not yet reached the abode of spirits. Having no desire to return to earth, Hiaka accepted the invitation of Milu, and watching and waiting for the soul of Lohayu, remained for a time in the land of spirits. 3. The attendants of Lohayu remained in Kohala, until they learned of his fate at the hands of Pele, when they returned to Kauai in the royal Kalua, and horrified the friends of the prince by relating to them the story of his death. In rage and desperate, Paoa, the faithful and sturdy chief to whom Lahayo had confided the government of his kingdom, 
started at once for Hawaii with a small party of retainers, determined, even at the sacrifice of his life, to denounce the powers that had slain his royal friend. Landing on the coast of Puna, he ascended the crater of Kilauea, and standing upon the brink of the seething lake of fire, denounced the cruelty of Pele and defied her power. He contemptuously threw to her offerings unfit for sacrifice, and stigmatized all the volcanic deities as evil spirits who had been driven with Kanaloa from the presence of Cain and the society of the gods. Paua expected to be destroyed at once, and recklessly courted and awaited death. The brothers and sisters of Pele, with their several agencies of destruction, were momentarily expecting an order from the goddess to consume the audacious mortal in his tracks. Never before had such words of reproach and defiance been uttered by human tongue, and they could not doubt that swift vengeance would be hurled upon the offender. But Pele refused to harm the desperate champion of Lohayu, for circumstances had convinced her of the innocence of Hiaka and the fidelity of the prince. Therefore, instead of punishing the brave Paoa, Pele and her relatives received him with friendship, gently chiding him for his words of insult and defiance, and disarmed his anger by forgiving the offense. Satisfied of the great wrong she had done her faithful sister, and longing for her presence again in the chambers of the crater, Pele restored Pau Pali and Omeo to life, and endowing the latter with supernatural powers, sent her down to the regions of the dead to induce Hayaka to return to earth. Descending through the opening made by Hayaka, Omeo was stopped at the intervening spheres, owing to the aspects of mortality which she unconsciously retained, and encountered many difficulties in reaching the kingdom of Milu. Arriving there and making known the object of her visit, Omeo was neither assisted nor encouraged in her search for Hayaka. Milu was not anxious to part with his distinguished guest and attempted to deceive Omeo by intimidating that Hayaka had returned to earth and was then on a visit to some of the relatives of her family in Kahiki. Omeo was about to return, disappointed, to earth when she discovered Hiaka as she was listlessly emerging from a thick grove of trees where she had spent the most of her time since her arrival there in quest of the soul of Lohayu. Their greeting was most friendly, and when Omeo informed her of what had occurred at the volcano since her departure, she consented to leave the land of death and rejoin her relatives at the crater. The brothers and sisters of Hayaka were overjoyed at her return, and Pele welcomed her with assurances of restored affection. Paoa was still there. He was at once recognized by Hayaka, 
and the next day she descended from Kilauea and embarked with him for Kauai in search of the soul of Lohio. The canoe of Paua had scarcely left the shores of Puda before a strange craft swept in from the ocean and was beached at the spot from which Hayaka and her companion had embarked less than half a day before. It was a huge cowrie shell, dazzling in the brilliancy of its colors, and capable of indefinite expansion. Its masts were of ivory, and its sails were masts of the whiteness of milk. Both seemed to be mere ornaments, however, since the shell moved quite as swiftly through the water without wind as within it. The sole occupant of the little vessel was the god Kanemilohai. He was a relative of the Pele family and came from Kahiki on a visit to the volcano deities of Hawaii. Remaining two or three days with Pele and learning all that had happened to the family since they left Kahiki, the god started for Kauai to extend a greeting to Hiaka. Proceeding in a direct route, when about midway between the two islands, the god caught the soul of Lohio, which had misunderstood the final directions of Hiaka and was on its way to Kauai. Not having gone to the land of spirits, it had been searching everywhere for Hiaka, and had at last taken flight for Kauai, when it was intercepted by Kanemilohai. The god returned to the crater with the captured spirit, and finding the pillar of stone into which Lohaiu had been turned, restored the prince to life. As he recovered his consciousness and opened his eyes, he recognized Pele standing before him. Apprehensive of further persecution, he was about to appeal to her again for mercy when she said, in a tone as tender as that in which she had first replied to his welcome on the beach at Kaina, Fear me no longer. I have been unjust to you as well as to Hiaka. After what I have done, I cannot expect your love. Find Hayaka and give it to her. She loves you and knows how to be kind to a mortal. Loheo would have thanked the goddess, but when he looked again, she was gone, and in her place stood Kanemilohai, who told him to take the shell vessel he would find at the beach below and proceed to Kauai, where he would probably meet Hayaka and his friend Pau. Lohayu hesitated, for there was something in the appearance of Kanemilohai that inspired a feeling of awe. Go and fear nothing, said the god, who knew the thoughts of the prince. The shell was not made in the sea or by human hands but it will bear you safely on your journey, no matter how rough the waves or great its burden. The coast of Puna is a day's journey in length, said Lohio. Where and how will I be able to find the shell? 
hasten to the shore at kihau returned the god and you will see me there arriving at the beach designated the prince was surprised to find Leo Hai already there but he found something more to excite his wonder when the god took from a crevice in the rocks where it had been secreted a shell no larger than the palm of his hand and passed it to him with the announcement that it was the barge in which he was to sail for Kauai. Lohio examined the little toy with something of a feeling of amusement, but more of perplexity, and was about to return it to his strange companion when the latter instructed him to place the shell in the edge of the waters. The prince obeyed and instantly found before him the beautiful craft in which the god had made his journey from Kahiki. The power being conferred upon him by the god to contract or extend the proportions of the shell at his will, Lohayu entered the enchanted vessel of pink and pearl, and directing its course by simply pointing his finger, was swiftly borne out into the ocean. Rounding the southern cape of Hawaii, Lohayu thought of proceeding directly to Kauai, but he pointed too far to the northward, and the next morning sighted Oahu. Passing the headland of Lehai, he turned and entered the harbor of Hau. Landing, he contracted to the dimensions of a limpet, and secreted in a niche in the rocks his obedient barge, and then proceeded to the village, where, he learned to his great joy, Hayaka and Pawa were tearing on a visit. How was at that time the scene of great merriment and feasting? It had become the temporary residence of the Ali Nui and high chiefs, kahunas, adventurers, and noted surf riders, and hula performers had congregated there from all parts of the island. Ascertaining that an entertainment of great magnificence was to be given that evening by a distinguished chiefess in honor of Hayaka and her companion, Lohayu resolved to be present. Had he made himself known, he would have been entitled to the consideration of the highest, would have been, indeed, the guest of the Ali Nui, with the right of entrance anywhere. But fancy prompted him to hide his rank and appear in disguise among the revelers. Early in the evening the grounds of the chiefess were lighted with hundreds of torches, and under a broad pavilion, festooned and scented with fragrant vines and flowers, the favored guests, enwreathed and crowned with leaf and blossom, partook without stint of such delicacies as the land and sea produced. After the feast, song and music filled the air, and bands of gaily decked dancers kept step among the flaring torches. While around the doors of the mansion, white-bearded bards chanted wild legends of the past and sang the mele iotas of the hostess and her distinguished guests. In the midst of this inspiring reverie, 
the guests divided into groups as their several tastes suggested some strolled out among the dancers others listened to the stories of the bards and one party including hayaka pawa and the hostess entered the mansion to engage in the game of kilu it was a pastime of which singing or chanting was a part and the chiefess was noted for her proficiency in the popular amusement lohio entered the crowds at the close of the feast and stood watching the festivities when the party of kilu players retired to the mansion he had turned inward the feathers of his mantle of royal yellow and with his long hair falling over his face and shoulders was readily mistaken for a kahuna quite a number of persons thronged around the kilu players to witness the game and lohuyu entered the room without hindrance approaching the players he screened himself behind the kappas of two old chiefs who were so intently regarding the performance that they did not observe him the game progressed until the kilu fell to hiyaka and she threw it as she chanted a song of her own composing in which the name of lohayu was mentioned with tenderness the song ceased and from behind the spectators came the answering voice of the prince as he sang he brushed back the hair from his handsome face and turned outward the yellow feathers of his mantle the throng divided the singer advanced and before the players stood lohayu the prince of kawaii he was recognized at once hayaka threw herself into his arms and the faithful pawa wept with joy informed of the rank of the distinguished visitor the guests vied with each other in showing him honor and the festivities were renewed and carried far into the night learning the next day of the presence near his court of the sovereign of kauai the alidui would have entertained him in a manner befitting the high rank of both but luhayu was anxious to return to his people set sail for kauai at once in the shell barge of kanimilohai expanded to adequate dimensions taking with him hayaka and pawa although hiyaka soon after returned to hawaii and effected a complete reconciliation with her sister while lohio lived she spent much of her time in kawaii hopo was restored to life and omeo or wani meo was given an immortal form for what she had done and became thereafter the mediator between the volcanic deities end of chapter thirty recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c